The iconic PB&J is back for another day, as one episode was not enough to put it on the menu or send it on its way. Stay tuned for week two of the PB&J, where hopefully after a long visit to the sandwich lab, we can properly evaluate this sandwich today. This week, on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, the PB&J Part 2! Is it affordable, ethical, is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married? Is the origin true? Doesn't matter to me. All that really matters is celebrities. Joe will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food. He'll rate. He'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Dan, we're back. Part two of our six-parter around the PB&J. In, in all three seasons of our podcast, Joe, we've never had any any team, any country. Nothing has ever spanned two episodes. So this is this is a first. I mean, to be fair, in our first two seasons, we had some like two-and-a-half-hour episodes. We did. We did. So, but, it was, but it was just one episode, Joe. It's true. I mean, did you feel like the PB and J warranted it as you were as you were eating peanut butter and jelly this week? Did you feel like, yeah, this feels right, or was it like, why are we still doing this? Here's what I will say for sure: after last week, I had an opinion about the PB and J. After this week, I have a much, much more refined opinion, and I am just, you know, last week I think I could have made a call and I could have yeah. made a recommendation yeah. to you. But this week, I am 100% sure what what my uh, personal uh, evaluation of the sandwich is, and I'll be very interested to see what yours is. I also feel like there's a little bit of like covering our own ass with this, because like, had we made an evaluation last week, people would have been like, oh, you didn't try a crunchy, you didn't toast it, blah, blah, blah. And like now we can be like, no, we've really given this a thorough evaluation. I mean, people say that anyways, Joe. There are a lot of I hate. Mean, I mean, honestly, the amount of work that we're putting into this sandwich is really what we should be doing every episode. We're not going to do it, but it would be like a much better podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just give a, a warning that when I give my evaluation, I can guarantee the haters are going to hate. So, Wow. Wow. I can't wait. Before we get into all of that, Joe, we've got one thing that I brought up at the end of last podcast, but I feel like I need to get at the beginning. This is Administrivia, Joe. Everybody's favorite part. Everybody is here for the Administrivia and the, the wheel spin at the end. They just fast forward to the rest of it. Yeah. If, you are, if this podcast came out on Friday on your podcast feed, you're listening to the wrong feed. Delete that feed. It's done. Switch to the special Joe Picks a Sandwich feed because I can see the download numbers, Joe. It's like half the people are still on the old feed. It's a disaster. Why don't they want it three days earlier? I don't know. Two days earlier. But look. Well, no, three days because I feel like most of our listeners are, are observant Jews that won't listen to it Friday evening. They have <laughs> well, to wait till Saturday night after sundown. Well, Joe, if it comes out at like the morning of midnight. So they would have all oh, of Friday have afternoon. They have to, but they have to prepare for Shabbat. They have to go get the candles. It's and true. I mean, you know, it's a busy day. Oh, I'm sure they like listening to this podcast while making their challah bread. Because, I mean, as you know, in one of the episodes, you used challah bread in a pinch. 
I did. Thank goodness for the hollow bread. It, it saved us in the snow. I know. A joke. We're like that miracle. guy in Oregon that survived off uh, eating eating uh, you know taco sauce. We, we survived <laughs> off that hollow for five days. Uh, one thing I'll say about the PB and J is if you're you know trapped in the wilderness or whatever, and you open a cooler and it's full of PB and Js, you're fine. Except for the bears. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> they 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 will come after that PB and J like like nothing else. Well, I'll tell you, if there was a cat rating of sandwiches, some of the the, uh, the smoked salmon, when I brought that out for the, the lox bagel, the cats was like, they started running and they were like trying to attack me to get to it. It's true. It's true. If we add a category at any point, we should we should talk about which sandwich is most likely to get you attacked by a bear well, if you're eating it in the woods. I'll tell you. Because I think, I think the bagel and lox might be number one. Well, yeah. <laughs> salmon is very potent. And if it's attracting cats, I mean, obviously bears eat salmon, so they're going to be attuned to the smell. So, but I wonder if the garlic and like the and like the onion are haven't haven't have the opposite effects. Well, I, I'll tell you, it like both garlic and onion are actually poisonous to cats, so you have to be careful. It did not turn them off. I mean, they they just smelled that that salmon. They were all over it. They would have gladly eaten the sandwich and died and been happy. I mean, that's how I felt after eating two of those. <laughs> well, I know I wouldn't have been happy, but the dying part for sure. But I'll tell you, PB and J, they came over, they smelled it. Eh, they, they, you know, they were interested. interested. It was the peanut butter was a new smell for them. The jelly, you know, the jelly's not as potent as the peanut butter, but they smelled it. They went on their way. I, I think if I left it out, they wouldn't eat it. Peanut butter and smoked salmon, though. Uh, they would be all over that. They would love it. Wait, so, so Dan, was that it? Was that the only administrative stuff you had to talk about? Yeah, if you were, if it came out on your feed on a Friday, you're being a bad listener. Switch to the other feed. If you're listening on a Wednesday, give yourself a pat on the back. If it if it's Wednesday right now, Joe, hump day, you're gonna do it. You're gonna make it through this day. You're gonna make it through this week. You're already on the right feed. Great job. If it's Friday, what the hell are you doing? And Shabbat Shalom. I hope your weekend fucking stinks. I hope it rains all weekend. I hope it snows wherever you are. But good job. Yes. <laughs> of course. All right, Dan. Let's get to it. So Sandwich Lab. This is our first real official like big trip to the Sandwich Lab. Now, if if I recall correctly, last week you said we're going to go to the Sandwich Lab and we want to answer four questions. Four questions. Right. If memory serves me correctly. Yes. One of the questions is, what's the best type of jam? Correct. One of the questions is, do we want crunchy or smooth peanut butter or the other type of peanut butter? Yeah, the weird organic kind. One of the questions was crust on crustables. Well, 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 sort of. Okay, go ahead. Well, I don't know. You tell me. What were the four questions? Manishana. Why is why is this sandwich different than all other sandwiches? This is a very, this is a very Jewish-friendly podcast tonight. Okay, so jam, uh, peanut butter. Uh, I wanted the quantity, like the ratio of peanut oh, butter that's to right, jam that's right. was a category. And then also um, bread disposition. So crust, no crust, toasted, not toasted. Wow. What's the best combination? And then and then, what I did, I don't know if you did this, is I went through all four of those and I'll talk about my results. I created what was in my mind after doing all that, the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then I compared that to an Uncrustable. <laughs> to see which was better. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Joe, here's what I'm going to tell you. I uh, forgot the four questions. 
So okay. I did not test all those things. But look, I, I made a trip to the sandwich lab. I put in the time. I don't think I did as good of a job as you did. But but look, as I said, I did enough work to, to have a solid conclusion and have a variant of the sandwich, which I will, um, well, look, I will I mean, stand we both, for. We both went to the sandwich lab. We're both here. This is like I did an experiment, and, and now we're peer reviewing it and comparing it to your experiment. All right. Now, Joe, so I think we should start with the ones where we both did the full exhaustive thing. So I think we should start with type of jam slash jelly and type of peanut butter. Uh, type of type of jam and peanut butter sound great. Before we delve in, I just have a quick question. Going to the sandwich lab, does this now qualify us as food scientists? Well, I think we're not quite professional yet because oh, okay. our podcast doesn't have a sponsor. But if the podcast did have a sponsor then we would be professionals. And then, of course, we are being food scientists in the nature of our work. So I think right now we're maybe semi-professional. Food food, food amateur sleuths, maybe? Well, we're definitely food sleuths. I mean, I think you're, you're shooting too low. I think we're, we're semi-professional to aspiring food scientists. We're like food grad students. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're, we're not doing, quite getting paid to do it. Yeah, we're doing no, the work. <laughs> we're not getting paid. Perfect. Okay. We're like food grad students. By the way, speaking of not getting sponsorships, dude, you can't like buy a retweet from Smuckers. I know. Look, <laughs> What's up with them? The problem is we only have seven followers, Joe. So I think Smuckers looks at us and thinks we're small potatoes. I think it's because of that explicit rating on our podcast. And Smuckers is a family company. I know. They are. They are. Well, Joe, I used Bon Madame Jam, and they're European, so they're all over this shit. I, I may switch my loyalty after Smuckers didn't give us any love. Okay, so let's start with, um, well, you know, in terms of the order which I did things, we started with Jam. I mean, Jam's like the meatiest category. You want to get right into it? Let's jam it up, Joe. So I bought orange, raspberry, strawberry, and then I thought I was buying grape jam. But I bought blackberry jam by accident. And I didn't even notice till you pointed it out in the picture. And then I went back to the store and I bought grape jam. So I did all five of those. I got orange, raspberry, blackberry, strawberry, and grape. Well, the funny thing is I just went to the store and just bought four randomly. And I had orange marmalade, raspberry, blackberry, and strawberry. And you – and you know the, the jam aisle has like 10 different types. Totally. And you also picked those exact same four. So I thought that was very funny. That's crazy. So you didn't try grape. I did not. But you've definitely had grape before. Uh, maybe. I assume so. You're the one that said the grape was the default. Joe, I went to the supermarket once. I forgot to get grape. I didn't write myself a list. I didn't want to go back. So No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I will say what's funny, though, is I think that this question about default peanut butter and jelly sandwich is based on your youth because your sister said the exact same thing. She was like, oh, grape is default. Yeah, yeah. I, I think grape is default. But... It, that doesn't mean it's the most popular version because I think certainly tastes do change over time. And, you know, jam, I think, as we learned in the history last week, has come a long way. And I think certainly in the modern day, it's come a long way. If you look at that jam aisle, like, I don't even think grape jelly was with the, like, fancy jams. Like, yeah. grape jelly is like, it, it's like in the, like, you know, 99 cent aisle. It's like the garbage jam. So, so look, uh, I tried all all five of these. I used... Just creamy peanut butter as just a control, just to have one peanut butter for all of them. Yeah, smart. Uh, I, um, I I tried it myself, but I also had 
your sister and two of my three kids, the youngest, did not want to participate in this sandwich lab. Uh, I had them try it out as well. And, uh, you know, we went in and the, and the winner was pretty clear in my mind. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Because I'll say this. Uh, I had, I would say in this category, I, I thought there was one that I liked best. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say to me. I, I thought there was a clear winner. So I'm really interested to see. Did did, did you think there was a clear loser as well? Well, I mean, I think that uh, I still don't like raspberry, and I told you that last time. Uh, it's too seedy. And then, of course, I take a bite, and I immediately get a seed stuck in my teeth. I'm like, fuck! Like, like I yeah. had one bite of this. Yeah. Look, Joe, that's at Smuckers. You know, raspberry they're... was out for me. But I will say. The only dissent that we had in our vote, because we all voted, Raspberry got Shoshana's vote because she likes very tart stuff, my oldest daughter. So she was all over the raspberry. So it certainly it sounds like you're sort of disqualifying yourself, disqualifying yourself from raspberry, but raspberry's already got a first place vote. So I mean, by virtue of that, raspberry's got to be at least second, or it's got to be second. It's the only other first place vote. I'll tell you, uh, we went in. With a lot of us thinking that orange marmalade would be our favorite because it's like a little bit fancier. It looks nicer. There's like rind in it. Orange didn't get one vote. Wow. We all thought it was fine, but but no one even thought about orange. Blackberry was like a little bit of a surprise hit. Wow. Everyone liked the blackberry. I would say blackberry was like, um, you know, a little bit like uh, that movie uh, Green Book. It was like everyone's like second choice. <laughs> Like everyone, like everyone's kind of like, yeah, like no one complained about the blackberry sandwich. Okay. But that, that doesn't, that was your second choice. So that wasn't the winner. So you're, yeah. so you're now we've got this set up. So orange marmalade, it sounds came in last for you. Yep. Now, Joe, spoiler alert, orange marmalade also came in last for me. Interesting. But I do want to reiterate something you said. And I think this, it, it's very interesting that you came into the orange marmalade and thought it'd be really good because orange marmalade is fancy. I came into it thinking orange marmalade would be terrible because it's like it just seems like it's not sweet as compared to, you know, orange is a citrus thing. And I thought it would be bad. It was fine. I I mean, I honestly thought if you gave somebody a sandwich with orange marmalade and peanut butter, they would not. They and you said this is a PB and J. I think they'd see from the color because it's a it's weird because the, the jam is so light colored and it just looks like almost all peanut butter. Because it's hard to see the jam. Right, right. They're kind of the same color, yeah. But it's fine. It, it like it, it it's really interesting how it, it, it looks like it's gonna taste completely differently than it does. But it, it you know, it sort of tastes like a, a PB and J just a little, you know, a, a little different. Not as sweet, but um you know, it's it's still very passable. I think it's all about the branding. The fact that you're like, Oh, it's not a jam, it's a marmalade. Like it makes it sound nicer. Well, I'll tell you, I think orange marmalade, as we came in the history, was like invented 500 years ago, and I'll just say it's been passed by. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange being the sweetest fruit that existed at the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I don't know exactly what marmalade is, but whatever it is, jam is better. So, between strawberry and grape, uh, you know, I, I, I actually agree with you. When we tried the grape version of the sandwich, it tasted like. I don't know, just a very classic version of the sandwich. But grape jelly is sort of weird. It doesn't taste like grapes, really. It tastes like its own thing. And it has that weird, like, um, like cranberry sauce-like consistency, like the canned cran. It's like, it's a, it's an oddly, con- 
It's an oddly shaped, and it spreads weird as a jam. Joe, this is this is amazing because I just have to stop you right there. I have in my notes about the blackberry jam in particular. I like the flavor of it, but I wrote down has cranberry sauce consistency, very hard to spread. That's yeah, literally that's verbatim so yeah. from my notes. Yeah, and I'll tell you. That's a, it's it's a real problem for making a PB&J. It is, like, really hard to spread because you get, like, a chunk of it. Like, you can't – it doesn't come out as sort of, like, um, what you'd expect a jam. Yeah, sort it of like globs on. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a glob. And then you're like, oh, this glob will spread easily. But it really doesn't. It's sort of like the glob sort of, like, gets pushed around the sandwich. <laughs> yes, and it, like, it moves leaves, around the spoon. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, like, leaves residue as it goes by. It's like it's the slimer. It's, like, okay, leaving yeah, yes. a little bit of slime, but the, like, mass of it stays together. It's a problem. I think Slimer is the best way to describe it, actually. It is. It's like Slimer. It leaves a trail behind it, and you basically yeah. have to like make the trail go down enough that then eventually it stays there. Yeah, yeah. It's a problem. So by far, the winner, with three out of four of us voting for it, was strawberry. The strawberry was great. It had the right amount of tartness. It had like those chunks of strawberry in it. The strawberry was just perfect, and we loved it. Well, I'll say this. I, I eliminated... The orange marmalade, I came in last just because it's it's just not the right flavor. But again, it's passable. I eliminated the blackberry jam because of the Slimer problem. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's honestly a deal breaker. Like, you can't use it. Honestly, I think it's a problem for toast, too. Like, I, I they got to get back problem in there. Unless you're going to eat it with a spoon. That's the only yeah. acceptable way to eat yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it might be like Thanksgiving where you should just sort of like empty the can and like cut it into slices and just like put a slice on your piece of toast or something. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I don't understand why, what their food scientists are doing, like why, why they haven't fixed that. But I, I mean, so it was just down to two for me, the raspberry and the strawberry. And to me, I thought of the strawberry as sort of the default, but Joe, I love those seeds. I love the tartness of the raspberry. I put raspberry head and shoulders, number one, strawberry wow. second. And then again, blackberry and orange marmalade, each had, I think, serious enough problems that I would not recommend somebody use that. But I think raspberry, as long as you don't have a seed phobia like you do, I think, and, and you know, like Shoshana, it's a little tartar, but I, I, I like that tartness. And I think if you like tartness, you're going to love the raspberry. And strawberry is just, it's just great. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's, nobody's ever going to complain getting strawberry in their PB&J. Well, I think it's great that our results were so similar. So that means that basically... We can tell our listeners now, if you want the best PB&J, if you like seeds, go with raspberry. If you like tartness, go with raspberry. If you don't like seeds, you want a little bit sweeter, go with strawberry. You, you, you know, you're not going to get a bad sandwich there. Well, I'll, I'll also note this, Joe. In between the strawberry and the raspberry, and spoiler alert for our next segment of Chunky and Not Chunky, I thought the seeds of the raspberry actually help the spreading process because those seeds sort of like it, – it's almost like laying do. down a coat they of do. asphalt they do. where like the seeds, yes. you just sort of press it. You know, you're just like operating the uh, that little, you know, truck with the like heavy spinning wheel setting it down because the raspberry, the seeds itself gives it just enough texture that it just goes down in a perfectly even layer. Yeah, no, the speeds – there's a nice viscosity to the seeds yeah. that really help it. Great yeah. viscosity. And and it's a little denser. There's there's it's a little thicker, I guess, than the strawberry. But it spreads. It spreads like a dream. What I like about the strawberry, though, is I do like a little bit of like the strawberry spreads well. But there's some like it's like not uniform. There's like the there's the chunks of strawberry in there, which I kind of like that in a spread. So I mean, I look, I like it, but I think 
I honestly think between strawberry and raspberry, I don't think it, there's a bad choice. And I think it's just all about preference there. And I think those are two really good jams for a PB&J. Fully agreed. I don't, you can't go wrong with either of those. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see if we keep agreeing on this because, I mean, maybe maybe Sandwich Lab is more scientific than I thought it was. This is great. Wow. I so, mean, peanut butter. What do we could think? Be, this could be our best episode yet, Joe, by far. Crunchy, smooth, or the weird organic kind with a bunch of oil in it. People are learning so much, Joe. Okay. So we talked about spreadability, you know, in those, in our jams. Spreadability here, also a very big deal because I'll tell you, spreading that organic shit... It's just, it's a nightmare. Well, of course, I take it out and I start stirring it. And immediately I do the thing that I always do where I like lift the spoon the first time thinking that it's good. And then oil gets all over the counter. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like, how does someone do this cleanly? It's impossible. It, and I try using a knife and like the knife isn't good enough because the knife doesn't actually like create enough of a like movement of the peanut butter to actually stir the oil in so you're basically just like the oil is just like shifting around on top of the mass of like peanut goo the problem that i always have with it is that the bottom of the peanut butter is super dry so like getting the oil down to the bottom or the bottom up to the top is like it just it just feels it honestly like eventually i just said like whatever it's stirred enough and i just ate it like that and it was still sort of oily I think it's a fair point. So, like, again, I'm having a knife. You stick that knife all the way to the bottom part. You can't even move it. It's yeah. like it's like the Excalibur sword. And if you're it's just too stirring, much viscosity, yeah. It. I mean, it's way too thick, and it's it's like it's like hard. But I eventually did get it on, and we tried the organic. We tried the smooth. The other thing on on spreadability, I've always found. So, this is a good question for you, Dan. Do you refrigerate your peanut butter or not? Now, this is my lovely tax wife and I are are literally in in like a, a little um, Sisyphusian uh, situation here where I don't refrigerate it and she does. So I'm constantly taking the peanut butter out of the refrigerator or putting her in the cabinet and she's taking it and putting it from the cabinet into the refrigerator. And we've done this like five times thus far this week. <laughs> I feel like this... Th- this could be a sandwich court, but I, I'm, I'm sick of talking about peanut butter and jelly after this. But um, I, I am a, I'm a peanut butter refrigerator person, mostly just because I think that's just how I grew up. Um, I just prefer the taste of it cold. Well, see, I think to me the big problem with refrigerating it is, and and I respect that you might like it cold, and I think that's fine. I just think it's too thick when you refrigerate it. I think it's just much easier to spread when it's at room temperature. So that's exactly what I was, uh, what I found with the crunchy peanut butter. So from time to time, we'll buy crunchy peanut butter, you know, sometimes by accident for the kids or whatever. And the thing I always hate about it is that I find it very hard to spread. But when I, but, but this time I bought crunchy peanut butter just for this. So it hadn't been in the fridge. It was just out like all day. And I found the crunchy was actually fine to spread if it's just not cold. Yeah. I mean, the thing about that organic stuff is that I, again, didn't refrigerate it. And it's impossible. To, it's it's as hard as could be even at room temperature. But Totally. But for both of my GIF, I had smooth and extra crunchy Joe. And, you know, I, I didn't have any issues spreading either of them. Yeah. So I found the crunchy to be fine to spread, the smooth to be fine to spread, the organic was impossible to spread and then it was also too oily so then it was like too watery yeah um but i will say should we get into taste now do you want to go first do you want me to go first i i'd like to hear you i mean you you had the the sample of three i'm very yeah. interested 
So we all tried it. Uh, the organic tasted fine, but was oily. The um, crunchy, no one liked. And in fact, Shoshana, my oldest, we did it like wine tasting because she didn't want to try the crunchy even. But we, I told her that we would set up a spitting bucket, like when you're wine tasting. Oh. So, so we set up a spitting bucket and, and she definitely took advantage of the spitting bucket. She did not like crunchy. But to be honest, I kind of don't blame her because I don't like crunchy. And also, you know, kids, and we can get into this more with the crust issue. Kids are more sensitive to um, consistency changes. That's why they don't like nuts in their like cookies or whatever. You know, like kids don't like. Uh, I think most of kids' pickiness. This is my theory on on feeding children is not based on taste. It's based on consistency. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so the crunchy peanut butter is just like it's like hell to a kid. So, so yeah, so I can imagine. It. I mean, it's it's like raspberry seeds to you, Joe. Yeah. But to be honest. I didn't like it either. We had four unanimous, unequivocal, not even like a hesitation vote for the smooth Jif peanut butter. Well, did crunchy come above or below the organic stuff? No, organic came above the crunchy. Wow. Because organic, we all agreed the taste of organic was good. It was just sort of a pain to deal with. Wow. Well, I guess, I mean, we're, we're going to disagree, Joe. Uh-oh. But, but I, I think there is a difference because your children are children and I'm an adult, Joe. And I like the crunchy. And wow. I honestly, I think I like it because it is a different texture. And I think it adds a lot to the sandwich because to me, the sandwich that's like pure creaminess is like, I don't know, for some reason, it, it's, it's almost like a weird thing to bite into because like food you eat in as an adult is almost never like that. Like it's not right. so like soft and right. gooey. And right. I've got my raspberry jam, Joe. I've got my crunchy peanut butter. All of a sudden, this sandwich has like real texture to it. You know, you're chewing, yeah. you're no, biting it's, into yeah, nuts. It's true. It's true. Um, and that's why I put lettuce on mine. Did you? <laughs> now you said <laughs> it is like a reason. Like what, when I don't get lettuce in my sandwiches, it, it misses that like crunch and that texture. Like you want a nice piece of lettuce in a lot of sandwiches, exactly for that crunch. Now you said last week. That you were surprised that that Megan thought that crunchy was the default. Are you are you given the sandwich lab? Are you now a crunchy convert? Well, this is this is gonna blow your mind, Joe, because when I talked with uh, Megan about this, she said that she thought smooth was the default, and I must have misheard her. Oh wow! But now I'm a convert. I'm I want crunchy. We're switched. Wow. Wow, so you're a crunchy convert, and she's still going to have smooth. She wants smooth. I want crunchy. And, I, I mean, to me, the only problem is I find the crunchy a little drier because just you're deal- you have nuts that you're dealing with, and they're just regular nuts. And as you're chewing those nuts, you know, it's, it's just a little drier than peanut butter. But I really like the, the added texture of it. Now, one thing that was interesting was I looked at the, like, nutritional label, and I was wondering, is it extra crunchy? Uh, different does it have more protein or whatever because of the nuts that the nutrition facts are exactly the same it's just about how much they blend the nuts yeah i, yeah. I think that's all the difference is so it I, I it purely is just uh just whether you like the texture or not and you know i'm i'm, I'm nuts for nuts joe so so far your perfect pb and j just to recap for the listeners is crunchy peanut butter with raspberry and mine is smooth peanut butter with strawberry yes and joe spoiler alert that concluded all my testing, so. <laughs> wow. Well, I have 
basic in three more categories, but, but this is going to be great because we can do it in like five minutes. So, Dan, the next thing I tested, and this was actually, I, I mean, you may have inadvertently tested this because I bet you probably intuitively have the way that you were making it, and I'm curious about it. So I was thinking, what's the right ratio uh, to a peanut butter to jam? And I didn't really me- – I was going to measure this, but then I, I was just like, I'm just going to eyeball it. So I tried – Heavy peanut butter, light jam. Yes. Now, light when pe- you say light jam, are we talking – you can sort of get a layer of jam so thin, there's not like it, – it's just like sort of absorbed into the bread. Yes. And then I, I, I'm just wondering, is, is that what you consider light? I was not – I would consider that very light. But light was very much like basically taking one sort of – teaspoon of jam but then spreading it very thin across so you can still see that there's jam there but it's it's very very thin paper okay thin. let me ask you this if you put that piece of bread with the jam on it and had a spoon in your hand how many passes with the spoon would you have to do over the bread to fill up that spoon with jam i mean you'd have to get all the jam off because there's basically only one spoonful okay so on your on your light that and that's on your your light version yes yeah. okay okay so i i get that it's 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 light enough that like it's you can see the layer, but it's not so it's not absorbing because that I would call very light, but it's not at all thick. There's no depth to it. I, I just realized that I concocted this scheme in my head to understand what was going on, and that's it's literally the exact inverse of how you put the jam on there. Right, right. <laughs> one spoon, and then you spread the jam with the spoon. Um, I also tried light peanut butter, light jam. Okay. And then I tried heavy peanut butter, heavy jam. Okay. Now, in heavy peanut butter, heavy jam, how how much, how many spoonfuls of jam are we talking? I'm talking about a visibly thick layer of jam. So, so probably you could like, fill up that spoon with one pass. Two. I don't understand the passes. I mean, I guess from one side of the bread to the other, like a three. I come oh, in yeah. for a, I come in for a scoop to scoop totally. the jam off. Yes. Oh yeah. You could if you scooped it up, you would you could fill up the spoon in half a pass. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus, yeah. that's a lot of jam. Joe. It was a thick layer of jam. Wow. It was like probably two and a half spoonfuls of jam total. Wow. Wow. Um, and then light peanut butter heavy jam. So I tried all four of those, all four of those combinations. Uh, first of all, let me just, to discount two of them, you know, any version that had light peanut butter was just too overwhelmed by the jam. Mm. Yeah. So you needed heavy peanut butter no matter what. That was yeah. It was just clear as soon as you take a bite that you were basically – it felt like you were eating a jam sandwich with a tiny bit of peanut butter on it or even sometimes nothing. In the case of the light peanut butter heavy jam, it was it just tasted like a jam sandwich. It's very clear why peanut butter comes first in the name of the sandwich. Peanut yeah. butter is the like important flavor and, mm-hmm. and that makes sense. You, I, you can't have the jam overwhelming that. So the heavy peanut butter was clearly just from the taste. It was like not even a question for anybody. Now – between heavy jam and light jam, the kids, not surprisingly, loved the heavy jam. That was like – then it was just like a, a, a big sandwich that had like a ton of sugar in it. Yeah. But I think for an adult version of the sandwich, actually the very light jam was really, really good. Well, Joe, I think we're actually – you're right. I did not formally test this, but I did sort of incidentally test this as the week goes on and – the version of the sandwich that I like has a layer of jam so thin that in order to act, it's like it just goes into the bread. 
Like, wait. So, how many passes of the spoon would you have to do to fill it up? Infinite. You you would. <laughs> in order to get the jam out, you have to. You would have to dig into the bread. It's yeah. like it's like a penetrating jam finish. It like yeah. goes into the pores of the bread. And there's not. It, there's actually not like globs or any. It's actually sort of like. In the blackberry jam, when I made that version of the sandwich, I actually slimered around the little blob and then just threw it in the trash can. Yeah, the blob was gone. You just were eating the slime. No, no I think I that's did. totally right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So so we agree. So the heavy peanut butter – and I actually think that this might – I think this is empirically true. I think that the that the that the right version of the sandwich for anyone is actually heavy peanut butter light jam. Even my kids who are like, this heavy jam is great. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm making you the light jam version every time. Yeah, it's definitely it's and it's better for not only like health because jam is just sugar which is unhealthy and peanut butter is like perfectly healthy for you, but the jelly is what's sticky and what's messy and what gets everywhere. Yeah. That yeah. peanut butter is holding together like if you that's the other thing I noticed about the sandwich is that if you just put, you know, if you just have slime or jam and that's it. There's nothing you can literally eat the sandwich with one hand because there's yep. nothing that's falling out. You don't even need a napkin. It, it's it's great. So to recap, we have a strawberry, smooth peanut butter, heavy peanut butter, light jam. Okay. That's our perfect sandwich so far. Well, so that's then, your perfect sandwich. Yes, that is the empirically true perfect sandwich. In the Mizrahi household. <laughs> Joe, we're, we're two co-equal branches of this judicial <laughs> system. So then, so then uh, I tried with crust and no crust, which was sort of a stupid thing to test because obviously – I'm an adult. I'm not going to cut out the crust for myself. Yeah. I see why kids like it because once again, this theory about like they don't like texture change. Yeah. But whatever. But I I, I think I maybe only tried a toasted PB&J out in like a restaurant before. I'm very interested to this to this toasting. Yeah. I put it on the griddle. Just it, like, it just seems to me – it's like one thing I never experimented with because I forgot. It just seems like a strange thing to do. Yeah. So, so I just made now what was our perfect version of the sandwich – I put it on the griddle, let it kind wow. of... Whoa, so you made the sandwich, because I'm thinking what you could do essentially is just toast two pieces of bread, which then you have toast, no, spread I think, jam on it, and then yeah, spit no, it together. Yeah, no, I think that from what I was looking at, I think that like the key part of this was like the peanut butter and jam being warm too. Wow, wow, that's crazy. So you yeah. made a PB&J, threw it on the griddle. Did you put yeah. butter on the griddle? No. Okay. No. No, this was just 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 PB. I mean, obviously, I think if you put butter on it, that's cheating because like butter ma- makes everything taste better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we all tried it. Your sister was like, "Oh, toasted is way better. This is wow. great." Wow, wow. I did not agree. I thought that it was too distracting and just sort of a little disconcerting to have the sandwich you've eaten a thousand times in your life, then suddenly it tastes like warm. It just sound, it just felt like a like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich you had like sat on by accident for like a few hours, but, which but people asked, do. But I asked Liz, I was like, okay, so like, do you want me to toast your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches from now on? And she's like, oh no, that's ridiculous. So yeah, like, even though she said she liked it, I think she liked it as like a novelty. I don't think that anyone would say that that's the best version of the PB and J. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's probably just like as adults, we like uh, you know different you know variations on things, but. You know, yeah, it's a fun thing to do. You wanted to like class it up a little bit. Um, so the last thing we did is we now took what we felt was the perfect version: strawberry, smooth peanut butter, 
heavy peanut butter light jam, uh, not toasted, crest on because I'm a fucking adult. And then we compared it to both the grape and the strawberry uncrustable. And I, I saw you, I, I saw you post on Twitter this. Uh, follow this, everybody out there at, at Joe Picks Pod. You you were taking a scalpel to that uncrustable. I didn't under quite understand what you were doing. Did you put, use a scalpel before or after you tasted it? Well, that was that was one purely for scientific purposes. I wanted to dissect it and understand what's in an uncrustable. Though I will say, let me. Just, so first of all, I made the joke last time that the uncrustable is poorly named because it seems like it's all crust. But now I finally get it because it's not. First of all, I've never seen an uncrustable live and in person. I, I learned a lot this week. It's. <laughs> The bread is very soft on the Uncrustable. Interesting. And the way that it works is that, like, instead of having crust on the side, which, like, would hold it down, it's sort of, like, stapled. It's it's like... Yeah, it looks like a calzone almost to me. It's like a PB&J ravioli. Oh, interesting. So it's, it's just big. sort of like... Yeah. Yeah, like a big PB&J ravioli. Like, you know, calzone's not a bad way to describe it either. And then on the inside, it's basically just PB&J, but it, it sort of is, like heavy peanut butter, light jam, but they kind of do it right. And I understand why the Uncrustable, I understand, I completely understand the Uncrustable market right now because the instructions on it are so clear. You keep it in your freezer. It says, do not microwave. And you, you thaw for 30 minutes and then you eat it within 12 hours of when you thaw it. So 100%, it is, it is just made for parents to take it out of the freezer and put it in their kid's lunch. That's exactly why it exists. It is a it is it is a tool for parents who don't want the what my life is, which is making you know twenty sandwiches a week. Yeah, yeah. You just put it in there. Do you buy it? Is it coming like a six pack? Uh, yeah. There was like a twenty four pack, which I was like, that's too many Uncrustables. I don't know if I like these things. Uh, and I bought I think two yeah two six packs or maybe two four packs. I don't even know. Um. So we tried. We tried the perfect sandwich compared to the Uncrustables, which I thought might be the perfect sandwich because it seemed like Smuckers, their history stopped at the Uncrustables. And look, Joe, other than the fact that they didn't follow us on Twitter, I'm still holding out. I think they could sponsor this. Yeah. Great company. Good family company. Hashtag don't fuck with my Smuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unanimous agreement when we tried both together. Amongst the kids and the adults, that the perfect PB and J was better than the Uncrustable. Oof! All right, I, I was I was worried there, Joe. I thought for sure the kids would like it more. No, they were like, eh, "It's okay." So but do fuck with the Smuck. Well, I mean, we were using Smucker's brand jam, of course. So you know, you know, either way, you, you, you know, either way, you're not fucking with my Smuck. Yeah, yeah, good. But look. You know, it sounds like they're making great products regardless. You do it yourself. Get it all all in one. Smucker's got you covered. You can't go wrong with the Smucker's family of products. Absolutely. So there you go, Dan. That was that, that was an in-depth sandwich lab that we had. All right. Well, I mean, with that out of the way, Joe, it sounds like your perfect version of the sandwich is defined. Beats the Uncrustable. Yep. My perfect version is the same. Sub out strawberry with raspberry, though... As I say, strawberry perfectly passable, and sub out the smooth for extra crunchy. Though I'll say, smooth, very passable. I think if you're a fan of crunchy peanut butter, you're like, life is your oyster because 
if you get cr- like creamy, you're fine. You're fine with that. But if you don't like crunchy, ooh, you're screwed, man. Yeah, it is true. Smooth is definitely like whatever, whoever accused the other person of having the wrong default. I mean, who can remember? Smooth is definitely the default. Like crunchy right. is definitely a, it's a completely different tasting sandwich. Yes, yes. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. But it's, as far as that, you know, I like it. I think it's an improvement. But, but it's, it's a big change. So Dan, how do we end every sandwich lab? When we're doing all these experiences, we sort of get a lot of um, you know stuff out, all of our equipment on. We you got to put everything back. So here, let me start. Oh, oh, oh shit! No. Another beaker. God damn it! <laughs> no, that was my jar of Smuckers, Joe. <laughs> all right, all right. It's okay. That was just the blackberry. Here, let me. Oh shit, Joe! <laughs> the raspberry. Oh no, my cats are coming. Oh god! All right, let's get let's get the hell out of here. This is a this is an emergency. All right, the lab is closed down. Turn vent, vent everything out. And Joe, once the dust settles, the jam settles in a in a slimer like blo- Oh my god, the blackberry is just slowly sliding across the floor. Let's put the PB and J on the cutting board, Joe. Finally, what everybody's been waiting for. Are you ready? Is it ready to be on the cutting board? I think we need one more week. To- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's put it on the cutting board. Okay. PB&J's on the cutting board. This is exciting, Joe. It's two weeks in the making. So here's how this is going to go. I am first going to give you my opinion about the sandwich and whether it should go on the menu or not. And then, Joe, you will make the final decision and decide if this becomes a contender for your favorite sandwich or my favorite sandwich or whether it goes off into the nether regions, into the compost heap where it will not further contend there will be no future episodes about the pb and j and as we learned last week joe a sandwich podcast getting past the pb and j is sort of like a rite of passage so this could be huge huge for us huge challenge all right joe pb and j more like it had its day because joe after having now consumed somewhere in the order of 10 to 15 PB&Js <laughs> in the last two weeks, I have grown weary with this sandwich. Yes, the crunchy peanut butter spiced it up, although it's not very spicy. But still, it, it gave a new and interesting texture that I think gave this sandwich a little more life. But if you put a PB&J in front of me right now, I would say, no, thank you. <laughs> this... <laughs> I don't understand how kids eat it every... Well, I do understand how kids eat it every day because their palates are not very developed and they like sweets and whatever. But the sandwich is just not very interesting. It's a very functional sandwich. It's a somewhat nutritious sandwich as we've uh, talked about in the other categories last week. It's good for the environment. I have absolutely nothing against this sandwich. But to me, once you cross, I don't know, 10 years old or whatever, just... This sandwich shouldn't be in your repertoire anymore. I'm not throwing peanut butter out. And in fact, I believe sometime in the next 100 episodes, we will cover sandwiches where peanut butter is the main component and they're sandwiches that I like better. I thought the PB&J, you know, could just based on nostalgia, based on all the other factors, it would win me over. And honestly, Joe, had this podcast ended last week, it would have. 
I would have told you last week, put this on the menu. And again, I'm just one man, and I'm not the namesake of the podcast, so I don't get to make this final decision. But to me, I think it's a it's a very good sandwich, and I think if you're under 10 years old, this is the this you're not gonna beat this. I think this is this is on every children's menu, but I just don't think the sandwich, however iconic it is, however great it is in all the categories, it's just the the flavors just aren't good enough to make it a sandwich that me as an adult would want to have frequently. So, Joe, I have to sadly say, take this sandwich, which has no meat product, so it really would fit right in your compost heap. Just throw it in that compost heap. But again, regretfully, I, it, it's sad. But that that would be that is my my opinion, Joe. Well, Dan, that is a very very sad recommendation. And I sort of can't believe that a sandwich as iconic as a PB&J that we both agreed we've had more than any other sandwich in our life wouldn't make it on the menu. But after a week of eating every variation of the sandwich, I have to say about the PB&J, it's just not my jam. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't believe how in sync we are this episode because – I felt the exact same way that you did that probably last week I would have put it on the menu just out of like, well, it's a PB&J. Of course it's good, whatever. And I only had one last week. But this week I felt sick after eating all these PB&J sandwiches. And like, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I ever want one again. I think my body actually does have a response where like I ate one just to, you know, once I got all the different jams and I had to eat like two sandwiches. And it was like I felt bad for like the next like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, I mean, you just nailed it. It's a kid sandwich. I know why kids like it, but it's just, it's, it's too sweet. It's too, it, it, it lacks a certain substance. And I agree. Peanut butter might be a staple ingredient of other better sandwiches, but in terms of making on the menu, there's no way this sandwich should be on the menu. I sadly, ruefully also slide it into the compost heap. Huh. So it's, it's leaving its, its residue of, of jam. <laughs> stupid it? slime is yeah. falling behind it. See, it's a, the interesting thing about the sandwich, and I'm, I'm, it's so crazy that we both sort of came to this opinion. But it's like the problem I have with it is that the jam I just don't want too much of it because then it's too sweet. But the problem is if you don't have enough jam, then it's too dry from the peanut butter. So I just don't think, like, to me, the, like, jigsaw puzzle, which is how do you have peanut butter as the main component of a sandwich, you've got to do something to offset the dryness of the peanut butter. And to me, jam is just not the right way to do it no, for, like, I an agree. adult sandwich. I agree. So there you go. The PB&J. Maybe, maybe this is where all those other sandwiches sandwich podcasts failed. They felt the need to, uh, you know, well, I guess they probably weren't picking a sandwich, but, like... But maybe it's just that the PB&J is something that we all have this fondness for, but isn't that great when you compare it to other great sandwiches? I mean, coming into this podcast, Joe, I think both of us, knowing what we were knowing, like I was I was sad. I, I, I As my sort of opinion started to like gel, not jam, and I realized that I was going to sort of recommend to not put the sandwich on the menu – a little bit of depression came over me, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. It's sad to leave it behind, but it's the right decision. Yeah, it's the right decision. I 
I actually could understand how a lot of people, if they weren't as emotionally stable as us, would just get in a funk and they would just never podcast again. Yeah, yeah, no, and I wonder, look, if there are listeners right now who are like, how could you not put the PB&J on the menu? Let me just make this recommendation. Go eat seven of them right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then come back and tell us how you feel. Dan, uh, do we have a sandwich court, appellate court ruling? So, Joe, the our last week's sandwich court ended in a deadlock between us, Joe. A one-to-one right. split decision. It was remanded. Back to the people. To the sandwiches. And with 100% agreement, Joe, the people sided with you. Wow. So they're leaving the toothpick in. They're leaving the toothpick in. The one, the one person in dissent was Fanwich Bez's wife, who said, what sort of freak leaves it in? You would stab yourself in the nose if you left it in. She, like me is putting safety first. But the rest of our sandwiches, they put the integrity of the sandwich over their own safety. So I, uh, what can I say, Joe? The sandwiches side with you. So it is so ruled. The official ruling now is that you leave your toothpick in to protect the integrity of the sandwich. There you go. Well, I will just note to all sandwiches out there that I'm still taking that toothpick out. And Dan, Dan, it's the law of the land. You can't do that. Unfortunately, that is true, but hopefully the executive branch will realize that enforcing this law that is has such a um, unclear and and split opinion about it, it, it would be unjust. Are you saying that it should be left up to the states? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, I'm glad we handled that. I'm glad... Once again, I think you said it best. Whichever judge had a ruling in the favor is going to have a little pep in his step, and I do. It's 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 quite the feather in my uh, in my in my my sandwich court robe. Do you feel the depression washing out of you? I do, I do. I hardly remember what a PB and J is right now. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Joe. I'm excited for just to to get our spirits back up. Let's open up the lunch pail. See what we got in here. I'm ready. This one comes from none other than Fanwitch, or new Fanwitch, Rob. Uh-oh. Sorry to write from a few episodes behind, but I refuse to be a Fjord jumper, or the sandwich equivalent of it, so I'm not quite in real time. Love the new theme song, totally agreed as but yada yada yada. My favorite segment is still Fanwitch PhD's Josh analysis of the evilness of the sandwiches. I'm mainly writing because I have a few suggestions on how I might help contribute to the show. Of course. After all, it's no coincidence that the most listened to episode in history was the Packers episode I appeared on. Anyhow, I don't email regularly enough, and I'm not caught up enough to be a regular Lunchpail contributor, but I did respond to Joe's text for my take on NFL teams very consistently and quickly. So my first suggestion is to contribute hot takes on the newest sandwich to review, or cold takes if it's a cold sandwich. Jesus Christ, Rob. Sandwiches are my favorite food group, so I have lots of things to say about them. I could offer a few words via text so they're ready for the next episode. The other way I could contribute is in the first date category. Seeing as Joe hasn't gone on a first date in almost 20 years, and let's be honest, I've met Dan. He's been on no more than five first dates in his life. Just kidding, Dan. First of all, Rob, 
that could not be more incorrect. I was single for a lot of the first 35 years of my life. No surprise to you or the listeners, I'm sure. And actually went on a first date specifically to get a falafel sandwich. No lie. I'd be happy to contribute some thoughts on the suitability of a sandwich for a first date using my extensive experience with first dates. But Dan, Dan, just as a quick aside here, doesn't having lots of first dates actually show that you're bad at that? At that? Because, because you're not getting second and third dates? Uh, yeah, and he continues. Also, no surprise, the number of second dates I've had is much lower. Ah, see, there you go. So your point is taken. Now, first of all, it is true that you, Joe, you've probably been on like very few first dates in your life. Probably, uh, what, five less? Oh, yeah, probably like, yeah, maybe a dozen in my life. But that's going way back. Zero in the last like 15 years, so. Yeah. It's, well, I've been on zero in the last, you know, five years or whatever, four years. But in the last five years, I've been on 23 first dates. So I'll tell you, Rob, I don't know. I don't know how Rob's experience is going to be any better than mine. But I, other than maybe his thing about the falafel sandwich. But like, guess what, Rob? That episode's already over. Yeah. Was that the end of Rob's Rob's lunch pail? That's it. He says, fanwich, Rob. I mean, obviously, we appreciate the fanwich, but like, you know, you know, you can't get like a special texting relationship with the podcast. If you want to give your hot takes, get up to speed. We're not that many episodes in. (laughs) We're really not. Like, it doesn't take that long. And and furthermore, there's a thriving Reddit community. Go on to Reddit, Rob. Leave your hot takes. You don't even have to listen to the episode. We post what the next sandwich is right there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know what? He wants to be a VIP, but he's he's not even willing to put in a tiny bit of effort. Yeah, put in the VIP work. And look, go to Reddit slash R slash Joe Picks, right? Joe Picks, Joe Picks pod. I don't even know. Yeah, Reddit. <laughs> go to the Joe Picks subreddit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you, you've really got it all figured out, Joe. I should, <laughs> I should write down the spiel for you. Reddit.com slash R slash Joe Picks. Or we're on Twitter, Joe, at, at Joe Picks pod. The new sandwich will always be on both of those feeds. So even if you don't listen, you can just chime in with your, with your thoughts, Rob. I promise, if you chime in, we'll read them. He called out how much he likes Fanwich Josh PhD. I don't even, I don't have to do anything. We record the episodes, Josh listens, he hears what the next sandwich is, it just sends me the, the information. Like, that's a VIP. That's how you get a slot, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, look, if Rob wants Rob Corner on the podcast, we'll give it to him. He's just got to write in. He's got he's to listen in real time. That's it. That's the only way. If he wants a Rob Corner, I mean, you know what, Joe? I'll give anybody their corner. I literally, we solicit feedback about the sandwiches, which I will read at the beginning of the episode. If you, when we pick next week's sandwich, if you've got an opinion for the sandwich, you've got an opinion against it, write it in a short paragraph length. I will read it at the beginning of the episode. So, write it in a long paragraph length. I'm sick of Rob. Rob wants special treatment. He is, but he's not behaving in a way to make him deserve it. I don't like it. It's true. No, no, Rob, Rob, we're, we're, we are, we are, we are, an egalitarian podcast. We don't give special treatment to anyone, Rob. No. All right. Well, you know what? Rob's out. Didn't suggest a sandwich. So for this segment, the segment that people have been waiting for for two weeks. I know. It will be Rob Free. Poor Music Laureate Jeff, his favorite part of the podcast. But it's here. And guess what? It's not going to be Samuel Free because Samuel writes in and says, hey, I think the Reuben sandwich is one of the best. Also, a New York City bodega-style eggs, bacon, cheese is really good. 
Dan, I have I have a few sandwiches from Reddit to add to the sandwich wheel too. Well, before you get into that, Joe, Samuel suggested two sandwiches. Now, I know I was very angry at a previous listener who suggested two sandwiches. Do I put both on? Do I put one on? What do you think? I think you only put one, and I think it's the first one he mentioned. The okay. other one was like an and also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was an also. So I'm adding Ruben sandwich. All right. All right. Ruben is on. So from Reddit user away from my mind, he writes uh, – he or she writes, turkey, bacon, avocado – on Dutch Crunch. Oh, wow. And? I've, that's a great sandwich. Have you had that before? I, I have. What is a Dutch Dutch Crunch? Dutch Crunch is like a it's like a type of roll. It's actually not my favorite because I always get the white roll. But a Dutch, sometimes they don't have it and I'll get Dutch Crunch. It's my like secondary. It, it's, a, it's a very good bread and it's, it's very crunchy, as it says. You know, I, I don't like flavored breads, but I know a, a lot of people who... Our, our big sandwich heads, I like get every sandwich on Dutch Crunch. So it's uh, it's a good choice. You'll, I'm if, excited. If, I'm going to learn If you've something. never had Dutch Crunch before, th- it is going to be like a big deal for you. All right. So turkey, bacon, avocado on Dutch Crunch. <laughs> okay. I have two more from Reddit user Dekinemen. Uh Italian beef that's battered and deep fried. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> Okay, wait, I have one more. I have one more. Hold on. Hold on. Boy, this listener wheel, Joe, is overflowing. Before you, while you're uh, working on that last one, I'll just read it off for everybody. I got the hog roast, the donor kebab, hot pastrami on rye, fairy bread, club sandwich, banh mi, utsmidster, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Oh, wow. Wait. I think that's what the guy suggested. Oh, yeah, look at that. Samuel suggested bodega style eggs, bacon, cheese, and on the wheel we already have the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. All right, hey, look at that! Uh, it's another Joe Picks Pod miracle. Both wow. of Samuel's sandwich are already on there. Then the Reuben sandwich, turkey, bacon, avocado, and Dutch crunch, Italian beef battered and deep fried, and our last sandwich, Joe. It's called a proper Danish open faced sandwich. A proper Danish. I don't know proper. If, if, if I don't know if this is um, Reddit user Panda Squeaks uh, says proper Danish open face sandwich. I don't know if that means a Danish open face sandwich that's like made properly or a proper is part of the title. But you should just put it in there so we'll know to make it properly if we need to. I've added proper Danish open face sandwich, but that means the rest of the sandwiches we can just make however the fuck we want. We don't have to do the other one. This is the only one that's specified we have to do it properly. Correct. All right, Joe. Let's do this thing. The wheel now is. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, another thing was brought up last week where they said the listener. So right now it's got two Dan's, three Joes, and one listeners, but all the Dan's and Joes are double weighted. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I saw an argument on the Reddit that the listener wheel, the listener segment should have equal billing, Joe. And I have to say, I was moved by it. And I think the listener should get double billing, just the same as all of us. Fine. Let's do it, Dan. All right. Boom. So now the wheel is six co-equal branches of wheel. <laughs> I mean, everyone's still rooting for the listener wheel. It's not going to happen. All right. Two Dan, three Joe, one listener. Joe? Anybody can watch the wheel, JoePixPod.com slash wheel. Spin up coming. And we're spinning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Could be listener. Could be. Oh, Joe. Oh, 
Oh, Dan. Oh, my God. It's the listener wheel. It is the listener wheel. And, Joe, I mean, on mine, it's just right square in the middle of that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You could say that was like telegraphed when there were like two rotations left. You could say, but this means it's sad for our listeners. Or wait, Joe, does uh, should we think, remove the listener segment? No, I think that when you do the listener wheel, we reset it back to how it was at the very beginning. Oh, wow. I have no idea what it was like. Let's just say this was the beginning. Well, you know what, Joe? What's, we're burying the lead here. We've got to spin the listener wheel. So go to joepickspod.com slash sandwich wheel, Joe, and we are going to do our first official spin of the listener wheel. Well, it's such a busy wheel, too. Jeff is going to be so excited right now. He's right now, like, delivering the mail, and he's just like, he probably is just stopped in the street. Yeah, there are people, there are people waiting for their letters who aren't getting them right now because of the sandwich wheel. All right, let's go. I mean, who writes letters anymore? It's going. Oh, it's that actually so much on this wheel. I'm watching this thing. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, the mystery is not going to last very long, Joe. The official spin of the listener wheel is turkey bacon avocado on Dutch crunch. Wow. All right, Dan. Oh, my God. This is great. This is I'm going to have to go back to the old sandwich store that moved away because they make a version of the sandwich. that's so good. This is a very specific sandwich. Is this like is this a well-known sandwich? If I if I Google this, are people going to tell me how to make it? Well, I think that it's just like a turkey sandwich with bacon and avocado. I think you just make a turkey sandwich however you like. Bacon and avocado on there. Boom. Except for you got to get the Dutch crunch, Joe. On a Dutch crunch. All right. <laughs> I mean, that was exciting, Joe. That was super exciting. I can't I can't wait for the for the listener wheel to come up again. I'm thankful it wasn't the like Uchmidster or whatever or that uh beef battered one. That that seemed uh, unhealthy. Oh, I'm I'm also glad there's not a PB and J on here. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been real bad. All right. Dan, great trip to the sandwich lab. Great trip to the sandwich lab. Great episode. And we're not going to get mired in the PB&J. We're already on to the next sandwich. But, Joe, I think it, it was worthy of the two weeks. And I think we did come to the right conclusion. Absolutely. Dan, try not to bake any uh, beakers on your way out. All right. I'll do my best, Joe. All right. Time to put the bread away. God, damn it. Time to put the bread away until next week. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash JoePicks. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong about the PB&J version 2, or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the, make sure I get this right, the turkey bacon avocado on Dutch Crunch, leave a comment on the Reddit page, email us at sandwich at JoePicksPod, or tweet at us at JoePicksPod. Special thanks to Fanwitch Josh, PhD, for his research. His book, Red Me Republic, is on bookshelves everywhere this May and is available for pre-order on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Thanks to Fanwitch Jeff for the theme song and for his uh, his loving tribute to the listener wheel, as I'm sure would help the karma to make the wheel pick it this week. And thanks to Fanwitch Julia for the logo. Leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast. Joe, see you next week. See you, Dan.